These are the 100 days of summer. And this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Such a feeling's coming over me. There is wonder in most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky. Got the sun in my eyes. And I won't be surprised if it's a dream. Everything I want the world to be is now coming true, especially for me. Clear, it's because you are here. You're the nearest thing to heaven that I've seen. Oh, the carbon bomb. I don't know why you said this is not good stuff today. Music of 1973, 53, uh, 50 years ago. And you said they're all number one songs? Yeah, not only just the music, this was a big hit. It's I a guess. Huge hit. I don't remember it being a hit, but I knew you would, Howard. Were you not a fan of the Carpenters? Probably not nearly as, as big as uh, you were. I, would, I saw them twice in concert. No, so the answer is no, Howard. I was not. <laughs> yeah. so once they were here in Wheeling, Capitol Theater, I think, and then uh, once in Morgantown when I was a student in there. Oh, the Carpenters. I loved them. That great music, great music. I had them on the, the record player in my dorm all the time. Saturday night, wanted to feel depressed, put on a Carpenter song <laughs> if you're all by yourself. So today's uh, bumper music, uh, bumper music from 50 years ago, number one songs, of 1973. Tom Scateri is with us, our Pentagon reporter and national correspondent. Tom, good morning. You remember the Carpenters, right? One of the best Christmas songs, holiday songs ever. That's right. Carpenter. That's right. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. You know, I, uh, everyone, I'm a, everyone thinks I'm a hard-boiled, you know, reporter, blah, blah, blah. And I am. I'll take credit for that. <laughs> but I think that the Carpenters' songs, the messages... A little bit sugary at times. I'll admit that with Bob, you know. But um, it's it's the stuff of poetry. Yeah. You know? It's it's talking about what people think about. So, you know what? It's a big world. The music world is a big world. It's it's designed, I hope, to have entrances for so many things. And the Carpenters are proud to be in. You know, they should be in that. Bob. So there you go, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> no, Bob, thank Bob you, Tom. Bob selects the bumper music every day, and usually, he, almost always he has a theme for the bumper music. And today's theme, he decided, was going to be the music of 50 years ago, the music of 1950, uh, 1973. Uh, but he told me earlier, he goes, you know, I'm going to tell you, this is just bad music, bad music. <laughs> so far, every uh, we did... Um, Tie yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, Tony okay, Orlando. Okay. And Tom. I, I'll, I'll get it with that. I, 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 I would accept it. I'm with Paul on that one. Yeah. <laughs> what else did we do? We did um, Bad, Bad, Lee Roy Barrett, Brown. Jim Croce. Um, Is that the one where uh, Big Jim uh, goes in and knocks them down and they switch yeah. allegiances real quick? That's yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, bad, I'm Bad, Lee Roy Brown. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. <laughs> and the Carpenters. And we're one more. OJs? We did the OJs. We did the OJs, OJs. yes. Oh, gosh. What was that? What was that? The one? Uh, love train. Jump on that love train love with us, Tom. Love train. Okay. Love yeah. train. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, Bob. You know what? I gotta say that. Uh, it, let's put it this way: seventy-three was a challenging year in many ways. <laughs> See, I told you. Here you go, Tom. <laughs> so far, I have been happy with every single song, and I thought they were great. Eight twenty-one in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, usually, we start off with some national political news, but really, the yeah. international scene is pretty, um, uh, pretty busy today. So, I want to talk about that. President is uh, is I'm not sure where he is today, but he's, he's going to the NATO summit. Yeah, 
He's in Vilnius today and at the NATO summit. He, he's there. And this is a, a, a high-level summit. In other words, the heads of state are at – it's not just not just defense ministers. It's the heads of state who are attending. This is like the big, the big show. There are a couple of potential entries into NATO. It looks like Turkey may be able to um, be added to NATO. Well, a, you know, I'm going I'm to do something I rarely do here, Howard, which is conflate international and national news. Sure. I have been, I have been so, you know, two, two names have driven me crazy over the last couple of weeks. Erdogan, the president of Turkey, and Tuberville, the <laughs> senator from Alabama. And if you look at both of these individuals, they're a lot alike. And they have a mission, despite the, the greater good, you know, as, as many would say, to make a point that is uh, obtuse at best, you know, and often misguided and inaccurate. So Erdogan, you know, didn't want Sweden to come into NATO because he thought that they were too lax on the way they treated Kurdish militants that Turkey wants to have sent to their country to try for their alleged role in a coup years ago. So what we're seeing is free expression and democracy versus an autocracy. Well, Erdogan eventually folded, uh, for listeners who don't understand how NATO works, every member of NATO has to vote yes on a new member. And Turkey and Hungary have blocked Sweden's entry. They agreed to Finland. So yesterday in a high-stakes meeting with, uh, with Soltenberg, the NATO Secretary General, the Swedish Prime Minister, and Erdogan, they hammered out this compromise. Parts of it are good. The best part about it is that uh, NATO will, will, will set up an anti-terrorism council to look at terrorism, which is not a bad idea, you know, looking at it continent-wide as opposed to individual nations. Sweden promises to tougher, toughen up its terrorism laws and to resume exports of weapons to Turkey, and Turkey, uh, Erdogan says he'll support the entrance. Now, what has to happen? They're not going to get in uh, in time for the celebrate, as they hope, this meeting, you know, because Turkey has to approve it. Hungary still has to approve it. And then it has to go through the protocols. But it's going to happen, which is good news for Sweden, good news for NATO, bad news for Russia, because now that entire area, you know, the Nordic countries, Norway, Sweden, and Finland, the Baltic nations, Poland, Germany, in other words, that whole sea up there, the Baltic Sea, is now a NATO sea, essentially, and they have surrounded Russia. So that's not, that's not good news at all for Russia. Erdogan tried to get in to make a quid pro quo. We'll let Sweden into NATO. If, if the EU, the European Union, lets us into the EU, which has been an issue in Turkey for more than a decade. And that's not going to happen. And they said, that's not going to happen. Right? And it didn't. So, you know, that's good news from there. All right. Then there is some talk about whether the Ukraine should be in NATO, but it looks yeah. as if both this country and others don't feel, feel that this is the right time to roll the Ukraine into NATO. Am I right about that? You're absolutely correct. And it's not a question of shouldn't McCain be in there. It's the timing. And President Biden made it pretty clear on Sunday, I think it was a CNN interview, uh, that he said, no, the time, it's not the time to have them in. Uh, no one's saying they should not be in. In fact, Erdogan, uh, over the weekend, who he met with President Zelensky of Ukraine, said Ukraine should be a member of NATO. So, you know, I, I, and I think a lot of people say that eventually it makes a lot of sense. But look, Ukraine's at war right now with Russia. And if they were a member of NATO now, that means all of the NATO nations, including the United States, would be at war with Russia. And it's just not the timing now. What they are going to promise Ukraine probably, and this is me uh, going out on a limb a little bit, is to, to fast-track Ukraine, much like they did with Finland and Sweden. In other words, don't go through the years of protocol and examination, in large part because NATO nations have been cooperating with Ukraine, as we know, and training them and bringing them up to so-called NATO standards. In other words, 
making them with the same weapons, the same type of training, et cetera, that you need to integrate. And so I think, you know, once the, this is a post-war decision, um, it would probably, if everything stayed the way it is now, meaning the way people feel about Ukraine, if the war ended tomorrow, Ukraine would probably be in very quickly. But not, not, they're going to elevate Ukraine, uh, probably, Howard, to a status on a, a council to give them security arrangements, much like, and this is, most people know this, much like NATO does for Israel. You know, Israel and NATO have a special arrangement where NATO promises um, security agreements. I don't know if you knew that or not. Actually, so, I did not you know, know that, no. Yeah, it's an enhanced status. Uh, and it's an important status, and it, it does make Ukraine – now, Israel has no interest in joining NATO, but, but it does make Ukraine part of a, a special group. Now, uh, so the, the likelihood of Ukraine rolling in is high, but not until after the Russia-Ukraine war has come to some kind yeah. of resolution. Well, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about Russia. Uh, did we ever find <laughs> the uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Pros- help me, Prigozhin. Yeah, Prig- do we ever? The last we talked, he was sort of MIA. Did we ever find him? Well, I, I don't think we ever found him, per se. And by the way, why can't you pronounce it? It's only spelled P-R-I-G-O-Z-H-I-N. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you know, you can say Squatiri, right? You can say Prigozhin. <laughs> uh, the, most, the most interesting tidbit, Howard, on this, to, to me, which was revealed yesterday by uh, the Kremlin spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, a little bit easier to pronounce, Yes, um, is that Fergosian, among with about 35 of his mercenary commanders, were invited to a meeting in Moscow when they met with Putin. Wait, wait, wait. hold on a second. They were invited to a meeting in Moscow. Now, this is the leader of these, whatever we're going to call it, we'll call it the revolution, the uprising, the whatever. whatever. Yeah, exactly. They were invited to a meeting with in the Kremlin, and they went? Yeah, they went. <laughs> And they're still alive. Apparently, they're still alive, and that takes some that takes some bravery, um, you know. So Putin invited these guys, and and he said, "This is Peskov, the spokesperson now, speak, telling reporters yesterday. This happened last month, meaning it happened right after the um, mutiny." Uh, he said that Putin had given quote an assessment of the Ukraine war effort as well as the mutiny. It occurred five days after the mutiny collapsed. And Wagner, the fighters, offered their explanation of what happened. Putin heard out the commanders and proposed further employment options and further <laughs> combat options. Uh, I wonder what those options I'm are. I'm sorry. I, I just I have to chuckle at that, and, and maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe, but for, further employment options, I don't what? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and now the other thing, the other Where's Waldo question is uh, the, the General Gerasimov. He's the chief of the general staff. He was a person who apparently— was friendly with Fergosian and knew about the mutiny plans and sort of was out of sight for about a week. He was seen yesterday for the first time since January 21st, 4th. Excuse me, that was the day of the coup. And he was seen alive, so, you know, that's a good sign that he's still alive. Well, yeah, that's, if you've seen alive, that's yeah. a good sign. You've seen alive. Yeah, exactly. But... You see how, see how smart I am on these conclusions? Because, it it, it, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's Russia, so, uh, you know, yesterday is not the same as tomorrow. Right, and it's not a weekend at Bernie's thing, you know, where, uh, you know, someone else is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's one other national or inter- well, national slash international story I do want to talk about. It has to do with the, the, um, the Marine Corps, and yeah. the Marine Corps is without a leader right now. Did I read it's somewhere like- for the first time in like over 100 years? And this all comes down to Tommy Tuberville from Alabama still yeah. holding off on allowing military uh, nominations to be approved. 
Right. It's actually uh, you're, it's over 100 years, and actually, Howard, it's more than 150 years. Wow. So what happened is General Berger, <clears throat> his term as Commandant of the Marine Corps expired um, yesterday. Would have been what would what would have been called a change of command ceremony, except that his successor, who's currently the Assistant Commandant, has not been able to be approved by the Senate his nomination because of this hold that Tuberville has on all the general, the four-star flag and general officers. So he now will assume as a sort of the acting commandant, as well as continuing his own role of deputy commandant, which, it, it, you know, that's a lot to do, yeah. <laughs> just to be clear. So here's, here's the deal on this Tuberville thing. First of all, I'll be a little bit more blunt than normal in that Tuberville's reason for holding this is he says he's opposed to the Pentagon's policy on abortion, which he maintains inaccurately that the Pentagon pays for reproductive services such as abortion. They do not. Uh, they pay for the travel expenses of military personnel who are traveling to states where they can have mm-hmm. abortion services performed. That's part of a larger policy of reimbursing members for travel expenses for medical reasons. In other words, some people can't have certain other surgeries where they happen to be, and they may have to travel within the state or without, outside the state. Okay, so the, he's, first of all, misstating the policy, but I don't think he cares about that. I think he's making a point. Depending on who you speak with, Howard, you have up to 265 what's known as general and flag officer nominations that have been submitted. That are just sitting are there. Currently They're just sitting there. On hold, Right. And that's, of course, overall the services. And yesterday at a, at a briefing at the Pentagon, uh, Sabrina Singh, she's the deputy spokesperson, said uh, that's where it stands now. But by the end of the year, they could have as many as 650. So think about that. There are 852 general and flag officers in the military. These are four, what you and I would call four stars, okay, mm-hmm. or three stars. But, you know, top, top officers. And that means there's uh, already 110 positions where – People who either been asked not to retire, who plan to retire, or are being dual-hatted, like, in other words, doing two jobs at once. That's about 89% of all the officers could be vacant by the end of the year. Okay? Or, or you know, that's incredible. And now one more thing. I think I sent this to you in the note, but uh, the head of the Senate Armed Services Committee, Senator Reed of Rhode Island, said he, he calculated it would take – if you, you can do these one by one. Usually what happens is they're approved on mass. You know, yeah. This is not controversy over most of them. And if you want to do them one by one, he's counting 251, 668 hours. In other words, 84 days working just eight hours a day on these, 84 days to confirm each one of these individuals. Those in favor of Tom Scateri say aye, aye, move on. Those in right. favor of Monroe say aye, move on. Eight hours a day for 84 days just to clear up the backlog. Yes. Uh, you know, it... it how does he not face the wrath of? I mean, he's holding. He does, well, he does. He does face the wrath. And just to, just to show you that bad ideas get copied quickly, uh, Senator Paul Rand Paul of Kentucky. Yes. He's doing it now for some State Department nominations. And your senator, well, Senator across the Ohio River, Senator Vance, is doing it for some other nominations in another cabinet office, department. So this is a, an idea, a bad idea that you know, my you know, holding up stuff like this to make political points, but. Senator McConnell, who's the Republican leader, has tried to seek a compromise. Uh, others have worked with uh, Republicans, I'm talking to make it clear, you know. They, they don't like this idea uh, because 
they, they see it as an abuse of the thing. You know, to put a hold on a couple individuals that make a point would make the point. Put a hold on the chair of the Joint Chiefs, which is an important position. You don't want it to be held up, but, you know, make the point. Uh, but the other thing is that it, it not only it stops retirement and it creates a, you know, a dual headed, it also has a negative domino, um, domino effect because people can't move up. In other words, if you're a three-star and you're going to be promoted to four-star, I can't become a three-star until that position's open. By law, there's going to be so many four-stars, three-stars, et cetera. So you're creating a backlog. Families are supposed to transfer. Kids can't start school. There's all sorts of repercussions beyond the political point that, that he's trying to make. And you know what? These type of things tend to cause people to oppose his political point, a political point, because enough is enough, as they're saying. Yeah, I, I just can't – well, again, he is facing – his own party is even saying stop it, but yeah, uh, it's just hard for me to believe that a anybody but a Republican senator would would be so obs- obstinate about military nominations. I mean, I guess if we're talking about the Assistant Secretary for Trade or something, you know, a political position, but we're talking about military positions here. I can't. It's yeah, just, it, it's unfathomable to me. And so, as of at the moment, the Marine Corps has technically no top leader, right? Correct. Oh, that's good. No, 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 yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, and, and, and in actuality, I mean, obviously, the assistant commandant will do it. But you know, it's you're right. He doesn't have. There's no leader of the United States Marine Corps confirmed by Congress the first time in more than 150 years. Yeah. All right, Tom. I appreciate your help today. Now you're yep. you're on vacation next week. Is that it? I am on vacation. Yeah. How about that? That's uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Bob and I were talking off the air about taking our own little vacation. I don't know. I'd like to get I like you know what I, I haven't been to Williamsburg. I have this idea I'd like to go to Williamsburg for a, a, a long weekend or a week or so. I haven't been down there for a long time. I love Williamsburg. Well, if you guys drive down, stop in DC. It's on the way. You can I'll make like, it on the way. That'd yeah. be great to see. Yeah. Well, I might, I might well do that and make you know a couple folks I can stop by and visit yeah. while I'm there. So that's uh, that's a good idea. So my wife and I just started talking about it last night or a couple nights ago that maybe we just take you know, a long weekend or or a mm-hmm. half a week or something, and, and go. I I have a big vacation planned in the fall, but I'd like to maybe get something else in this summertime. And Bob, if I go away, where are you gonna go? I'm gonna come in here, Howard, and oh. uh, <laughs> have some fun. We're gonna go totally opposite direction, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Now, maybe I'll go to Williams. We'll, uh, take a van, maybe a room for me. <laughs> Stop and see Tom. There you go. There you go. Hey, Tom, appreciate it. Have yourself a great vacation then, and we'll talk Thank in you. two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot. Tom Scateri, our national correspondent and Pentagon reporter uh, here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Traditionally every Tuesday, although not next Tuesday, because he'll be away uh, on vacation. I didn't ask him where he's going because I don't know if he wanted to tell us. He might have said, you know what? Uh, None of your business. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you plan to go?